Welcome to Physics Twist. This week in science and technology, powered by physics education. In this episode of Physics Twist, new segments. In our new segment, Huge If True, the trembling giant, the world's largest single organism, might become a sleeping giant. In On the Green with Quill, single-use plastics are on the way out in the EU. And in Far Out with Duncan, we have a new space station. And a new segment called What Year Is It? About what happened this week in science in the past. And a new fantastic fact of the week. Huge if true. Quill, what have we got? Hey, hey Duncan, we've got a really cool story today. Now, this could be huge if true. And, well, in fact, it is huge because mm-hmm. what it is is a giant underground root system. Mm-hmm. So what it is is it's the largest living organism in the world. Yep. We're not talking about like a big whale or something. Oh, I was thinking a blue whale. Yes, not a whale. Okay. It is, in fact... Giant squid. Not a giant squid. Oh, uh, they're very can I, awesome. Can I keep guessing? One more guess. Um, panda. No. Oh. <laughs> it's not a panda. Close though, right? <laughs> you are close. <laughs> so it is, in fact, a giant singular root system, which means lots and lots of trees, but their roots all growing. What's it called? Together. It is called pando. Oh, so close. You are close. So it is actually called pando. So pando is a kind of aspen, which is a kind of tree. Right. And these aspen trees are actually all clones of each other, which means they're all genetically identical. Cool. Yeah. So thousands and thousands of these genetically identical clones, they take up over 100 acres. They have an inter, like a kind of connected singular root system, Mm -hmm. which makes them a single living organism. That's crazy. And the really sad thing is... It's like sort of uh, Siamese twins. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. With like hundreds of millions of them. Yeah. But even more, like, identical than Siamese twins because yeah, the Siamese right. twins are joined together, but then they're still different But they can people. be different, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like if you had two clones joined together. <laughs> yeah. So Siamese but twins are the same and person. Millions and millions of them. <laughs> yeah. And they're also half underground. And they're half underground. Anyway. But that's right. So, and it's called pando, and which is actually Latin because scientists love to use Latin oh, definitions yeah. for things. Mm-hmm. And Latin actually means I spread out. That's what pando means in Latin. That's pretty clever. Yeah. That's pretty clever. I, I spread like out. Um, so pando is this giant, uh, kind of like a forest, but it's all of cloned aspen trees. Yep. And they're all connected with the same roots. Where is it? It is in, uh, it's in California. No, it's in Utah, sorry. Wrong mm-hmm. state. So it's in Utah mm-hmm. in the Fish Lake National Forest. Yep. Um, and it is, it's actually a bit sad. It's collapsing. It's dying. It's dying. Damn. And you know why? It's getting old. Oh, is that why? It's getting just, old. It, that's all. It's just getting it's old. It's just getting old. But right. you know what? It is getting old. And what normally happens is um, normally as it starts to get old, little roots, little um, shoots pop up. Yep. And you start to get new trees, right? Yeah, so as yeah. the old ones get old, the new ones pop up and you have more new ones coming through and then they're kind of replacing them and they're constantly kind of being re- replenished. Yeah. But what's going on is now, as always, the problem of humans is we're not controlling our animals and some animals like deer and cattle are getting into this forest and they're oh. eating all the new shoots as they come up so we're getting no new trees growing. Right, so it's half that it's getting old and half that 
you know, it could be replenishing itself. Yeah. But then all these deer and other animals are exactly. actually eating those ones. So instead of it, it's always been getting old, but normally it's able to yeah. kind of have the youth, the young ones coming through, but now no young ones are coming through because all the little shoots are being eaten. Yeah. How old is it? Does it say? Um, I'm actually not 100% sure. Let's find out. Yeah. Future Dunction? F- D- Dunction? Dunction. Dunkashan. <laughs> That's like saying yeah. thank you to Future yeah. Duncan. Yeah. Dunkashan, Duncan. Uh, it's about 80,000 years old, guys. So, yeah, I, my first reaction to this was, oh, it's probably climate change. Yeah. Is it Pretty at all? much our first reaction. Yeah. Um, look, it looks to be primarily that of, of always, uh, humans are always a problem. Um, but primarily, I think the issue really is the ageing. The ageing, right. Yeah. Okay. So, it really is ageing and the fact that it's not getting any new ones coming through yeah. is the major problem. Like, it's like if... You know, if your family never had any young kids and it eventually you just have a bunch of old people in your family. Yeah, or if you had new kids and then they got eaten. Well, yeah, <laughs> someone's eating all the babies. Yeah, exactly, it's terrible. <laughs> it's gruesome. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, this is a bit of a problem. So, they've been saying some of the potential options would be for that is maybe to um, introduce predators back into the area. Wow, okay. Yeah. That seems like a bold move. Yeah. Like, to me, that is like when... When we introduced cane toads into Queensland, do you know where I'm going with that? Yep, yep, bad, bad idea. Only what they're going to do is reintroduce predators that they used to have that kind of got hunted into right. not being in the areas before. So not bringing a whole new species in and just chucking those in and seeing what happens. <laughs> seeing what happens, absolutely. <laughs> Let's put a oh, lion think, in there. I think that's a pretty good idea. Let's give the lions in there. Cane toads, beautiful creatures. Um, so the idea was to bring in some things like wolves that were already naturally in that habitat and then kind of stopped being around there because of human intervention. So, because it's a very popular tourist place to go. Okay. So, I think that was part of the reason the wolves kind of stopped being there. They kind of stopped them or maybe hunted them away or mm. potentially just took them away. Um, but whether they might introduce them back in to try and keep the numbers of these cattle and deer down so gotcha. that the forest can replenish itself. Yep. Um, but Utah is a pretty, uh, they're pretty, like, they're a pretty conservative state, which means they don't like to do new things or throw in new in, they're mm. not maybe not as environmentally conscious or uh, as rapid to change things as other yeah. places. And maybe deny that climate change is even happening just yeah. quietly. You never just know. quietly. Yep. So that'd be kind of cool having wolves in there. That's way cooler than cane toads. Yeah, wolves are cool. Like have you ever seen someone with a tattoo of a cane toad? I certainly haven't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm only I'm only young. Maybe I have. Maybe <laughs> yeah, in the future. Maybe in the future. Um but yeah, so they might put some wolves back in. Doesn't look like it's gonna happen anytime soon. Might mm-hmm. be too late. Other options, try and put a big fence in there. Yeah, okay. So they've tried this in a small area and they're seeing shoots coming through. They're seeing it starting to kind of look a bit healthier in that area. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. doesn't it? If you can keep all the grazing herbivores out, yeah. then, yeah, problems just, hopefully solved. It's a funny thought, though, to think of like a fenced forest, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit funny. I mean, yeah. when we have we have lots of national parks in, mm. in Australia and in New South Wales, but none of them are fenced. No. I mean, if it saves it. Doesn't matter. And I'm all for it. It's just funny to think, like, I'm in my mind, I'm picturing, like, a white picket fence the whole way around, and you go through a gate, and that's how you enter the totally. forest. Totally, and it's got one of those little latches yeah, on Yeah, a little there. latch. Yeah. I'm opening the latch, going yeah. into the forest, like, it's someone's front it's like yard. child-proof fence yeah. around a pool or something like that. Um, but, yeah. But it's pretty cool. And I, I think I mentioned this to you already, Duncan, but I really, I love the idea of this one giant forest that's all connected in one root system, and it reminds me of yeah. Avatar. And Definitely those alive with the blue people. Kind of trees. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I read that this thing was forty-three hectares large, mm-hmm. 
and the roots weigh six million kilograms. That's did huge. You, did you say that already? Or? Have, I didn't. Have okay. you converted that to how many football fields that is? No, I haven't. Come on, you know that's our unit of measure. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Forty-three hectares. Yeah. Forty-three hectares. So we like to measure things in football fields because there's no point just saying hectares, fields. right? No, no one knows what that actually. No one knows what means. That is. Um, calculate forty-three hectares. No, look, I'll have to put it in later. Okay. Yeah. Look alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I thought that was pretty cool, a pretty interesting story. Um, pretty interesting, pretty tragic. But pretty maybe tragic. I mean, with, the, with the fence thing, maybe that can just be a temporary measure. Yeah. So they put it in, they just go, okay, this is actually starting to replenish itself now. Maybe yeah. the herbivores are being controlled a little bit by mm. the awesomely cool wolves in there. Yeah. And maybe after, you know, 20, 50 years, 100 years, whatever it takes, they can remove that. Fits. Yeah, and so absolutely. it de develops more naturally that way. Yeah, and another problem is so like apparently the only thing that really can hunt these deer and cattle now is uh is hunters because all the predator wild predators are kind of not around there anymore. Mm. But it's such a popular place with tourists, you can't really just have hunting going on because people are like out for a picnic True. and then you don't really want to have can hunters. You, can you have wolves? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you can fence them in. The wolves. Yeah, in certain areas. Maybe you could fence them in certain areas. It's like, yeah. it's like it's a, 43 hectares. Tree slash wolf zoo. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's 2,000 football fields. We'll see I, how accurate we'll see I how am accurate later. You yeah. are. I love it. <laughs> okay, cool. It's about 80 football fields. Cool. All right, should we move on? Yeah. All right. Well, we're moving on to a new segment called, what's it called, Quill? Uh, it is called On the Green. On the Green with Quill. On the Green with Quill. And what's the segment all about? This segment, of course, Duncan and I decided we just naturally were kind of accidentally. Um, I was always talking about environmental things. Duncan was always talking about space. Mm -hmm. Why not roll with it and mm -hmm. make it a segment? So this is my segment about environmental things. Yep. I'm not going to rant at you, but I'm just going to tell no, you what. you should. I think that's why the listeners tune in. Maybe just a little in. bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a little. Rant, rant, rant. So it's just going to, we're going to keep you up to date with what is going on environmentally around the world, what you can do to help, and what else is happening. Yeah. yeah. Now, this one is actually, it's actually a couple of weeks old, but I thought best to include it because we've had some pretty relevant news to this yeah. um, in Australia over the past few months, I yeah. would say, but it's good to see that. You know, the trend is continuing. Anyway, take Plus away. it's huge, so you can't just ignore it even yeah, if it's absolutely. a couple of weeks old. Yeah, um, Yeah, so this is really cool. The EU, which is the European Union, mm -hmm. so a bunch of places over in Europe, yep. has basically just voted to completely ban all single-use plastics. All single-use plastics. Not just talking plastic bags here. Yep. We're talking straws. We're talking cutlery, coffee stirrers, the Ball. whole kit and caboodle. Yep, nice. Yep, um, which is huge, right? And this is really, really important because... We keep saying, oh, we need to ban this and ban this, and nothing really gets done. But the reality is our oceans are filling up with plastic. Uh, Total waste. I mean, as if you can't just bring along a pair of metal cutlery to a picnic or exactly, something. Exactly, exactly. And, and like, these things are really um, important, and we just keep going, oh, yeah, we'll fix it later. And it's, mm. it's later now, and we need to fix it now. Yeah. So um, the other really um, kind of big thing that's happened with this is that China used to process a lot of the world's waste. So... We used to send our waste over to China. A lot of other people sent that. They're not doing that anymore. Yeah. They've had enough of dealing with it. the world's rubbish, yep. which is fair enough. Everyone totally. should deal with their own rubbish. I don't want it. Um, and that means we now have this huge issue where we've got a huge amount of rubbish and nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right? So here's an idea. Don't make as much rubbish. 
You're good, Quill. I know. It's novel. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, so under this idea, um, there'll be 10 different uh, single-use plastic products that are no longer used. This will include bottles, you know, plastic bags, all these other things I already mm. mentioned, um, which is which is really, really important and hopefully will make a really big difference. Yeah. I think the, the important thing is, so just to clarify, it's not all single-use plastics. It, it is actually just 10 different ones. Yeah. Um, which includes, like you said, straws, cutlery, coffee, coffee stirrers, certain bottles and stuff. Yeah. But the point is that those 10 um, single-use plastics have readily available alternatives. Exactly. So it's exactly. like you can easily get, like, you know, you've seen, like, bamboo cutlery and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, um, exactly. Stuff that can actually be properly reused and recycled. Yeah, like, we're not trying to say, hey, you know, you shouldn't be <laughs> able to use, like, if you need medication or something that comes in a single plastic thing. Hmm. Stop taking your medication. No, that's Bad luck if your heart stops. <laughs> yeah. It's more like the things that you can very easily, like I have a set of cutlery that I carry in my handbag. I have yep. a metal straw in my handbag. All mm -hmm. these things, really easy. Don't use yeah. single-use plastics. I have a water bottle. Like oh. you can't just not use straws. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like we could not use straws. Yeah. We can just drink out of a cup. No worries. No problem some at all. Can't. But there are some people who need a straw. Yeah. Such as um, people who might be disabled or have long moustaches. Yeah. Or people that <laughs> might have recently undergone surgery and can't, yeah, exactly. can't drink from a cup. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, or little little kids maybe sometimes when they're really little, like little yeah, babies. But yeah. those you can get drink bottles with little things like that attached. Have you seen that gif of that kid who's trying to drink out of a... A out of a, um, a cup where he lifts it up in like on top of his face and the whole thing just goes poof, I haven't seen the gif but it's I do fantastic. have a, a one year old nephew so I've seen a similar you probably see it eventually yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. funny so yeah so that's right so we're trying to stop the use of unnecessary plastics not there are the occasional necessary things mm. and sterile things for medical purposes and stuff those aren't the things we're trying to talk about here yeah, yeah. and they're not the big problem to be honest it's no, the problem of things all. that people are too lazy like, to bother carrying stuff around with them. From what I've heard, the straws are a massive, massive, massive issue. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so 90% of plastic bottles will have to be recycled yep. by 2025. Mm. And people like the companies um, who are actually manufacturing them, they have to cover the cost that and goes into actually managing all of the waste that they produce. Yeah, and this is something is I can't more. believe hasn't happened earlier. It's striking, like, isn't it? huge companies like... You know, I don't want to start plugging brands or anything here. I don't want to get sued. Like, no, <laughs> but, you know, huge companies that produce soft drinks and stuff mm. that are responsible for so much of this plastic mm. and also have so much money on profits that they're making should be paying money to help clean up with these or yeah. for, to pay for the recycling of these or whatever else. It's strange because when you hear it or when you read it, you go, of course. Yeah. Right? Logic. But I, I hadn't thought of that previously. No. But makes when you read it, you're like, that makes perfect sense. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I think extremely good move. Mm, very good stuff. Um, what else on that one? No, that's about it. Oh, that's about it. Just important, as always. Use your, yeah. use your recyclables. Use your, use your take-home cup. I've started composting, really, re nice. recently. Yeah. I moved into a new place. There's a little compost, compost thing in the, in the kitchen there. So all of my apple cores and banana skins and all that sort of Fantastic. stuff goes straight in the compost. Not sure what we're going to do with it, but... I believe... In New South Wales now, we might want to fact check this, but I saw a big poster actually when I was out doing a show recently, when mm. I was out in parks actually, and there was a big thing in the library about how you can actually compost a lot of your food scraps into the green bin. It depends on your local area, um, and this is a newer thing, uh, but you might want to check your local area, but there mm. is actually a lot of food scraps you can in some areas put into your green waste bin. 
Cool. Or if you have a worm farm or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might put a worm farm in actually because I've got a big backyard now. Yeah. And a worm farm would be pretty pretty awesome. We're going to get a worm farm soon too. How do you set one up? Is it expensive to do? I don't think it has to be expensive. You just buy dirt and worms. Yeah. How expensive can it be? It's not like you go buy dirt and worms and they go, that's 2,500 bucks. Thanks, mate. No. I think you probably set one up for 100 bucks. Easy. Easy. And that would be like a fancy, you know, one with the proper worm yeah, farm like system. Yeah, irrigation and stuff. Because you got the layers. Needs. You want to have the layers and they need like a blanket. And yeah. That, that sounds weird. That's just to stop the bits falling through. Yeah. Not, not like that to keep them warm. them in at night. <laughs> Good there night, wormies. Go, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that would be a lot. It's an interesting and fun little science project to have at home as well. Quill's lost it. <laughs> I'm imagining you just like tucking in a good night, Stroking daddy. Their heads. <laughs> good night, little worm. Good night, son. <laughs> Give him a little kiss. You read him a story. <laughs> oh, dear. The oh, little dear. worm that could eat all of the things. Compost. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there you go. I would like to see Australia do a similar thing. I mean, we've just done the plastic bags. Mm-hmm. That's great. I now keep all of, and we've talked about this before, yeah. but I now keep plastic bags, not not plastic bags, sorry. I keep the um, cloth bags yeah. in my car all the time. Easy transition, right? Easy transition. Suddenly see everyone, oh, it's not that hard. Yeah. Boom. I know, like, I, it's not a big, there's two, I need two. I do a whole week's worth of shopping and I just need two of those things, yeah. right? It's not, it's not hard, people. <laughs> right? That being said, when it first did come out, like I had the, cloth bags mm. but I would forget them mm. they were either in my car and I would leave and just like you know just not take them with me and then I would have to be like oh god I could buy 15 15 I do bags have now. a lot of bags and mm. I have them because I have them in every location possible so there's no way to forget them I have mm. them in my backpack my handbag my car my like my partner's car mm-hmm. and, and at home so wherever I leave from I've got bags with you have them. no excuse exactly yeah cool all right should we move on yeah new segment quill Ooh. do you want to know what it's called it's called yes what year is it (laughs) what 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 year is it i love it what year is it what year is it what year is it um the year is the year is 2018 um take over the world uh so in in what year is it what i like to do is pull out pieces of fantastic science news Mm -hmm. that happened this week in the past. Awesome. And the way I would like to do it is in an old-timey radio voice. Excellent. (laughs) No, not that. Country western. Okay. Have you got one? I've got one. Wait, I'm going to lose it. All right, go. In 1631, Pierre Gassendi made the first observation of the transit of Mercury across the sun, the first time a planet had been observed doing so. 1845. Michael Faraday, working in his laboratory at the Royal Institution, hung a piece of heavy glass between the poles of an electromagnet and observed that the glass aligned itself across the lines of force of the magnet. He further experimented on many other substances with similar results, a phenomenon that he named diamagnetism. <laughs> 1908. Professor Ernest Rutherford announced in London that he had isolated a single atom of matter. 1918, Robert Goddard demonstrated a tube-launched solid propellant rocket using a music stand as his launching platform. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 1940, only four months after its completion, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge in Washington State suffers a spectacular collapse. Galloping Gertie, as it was named, shook itself apart due to a physical phenomenon known as aeroelastic flutter, where the frequency of the shaking matched the bridge's natural frequency. 
By the oh, way, there that is, is a awesome. fantastic video of it on YouTube. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Go and watch it. So this it's is crazy. the bridges, right, that start um, like kind of basically moving it's in time with the itself. frequency. Yeah, yeah it's twisting itself cool. apart because yeah. it has a natural resonant frequency. Yeah. And the wind was blowing at a speed that made it shake at that frequency. Yeah. And then the whole thing just collapsed. It's very cool. Um, it's very cool. Thankfully, no one was killed. Yes, obviously. Um, in the footage, this thing is shaken all over the place. Yeah. And someone, like, left their dog in their car or something. So they ran back onto the bridge. It was only a two-lane bridge. Yeah. It was really long, though. It was almost as, almost as long as the, um, what's one in San Francisco called? Golden Gate. Golden Gate. Thank you. Mm. Almost as long as that. Um, and he went and got his dog and... Good on and, him. Yeah, belted back. Anyway. In 1957, Sputnik 2 was launched with the first live animal sent into space. A Siberian husky, Laika, was on board. Laika died in orbit. The first human to pilot a spacecraft, Yuri Gagarin, followed on the 12th of April 1961, aboard Vostok 1. 2000, American astronaut Bill Shepard and Russian cosmonauts Yuri Gitsenko and Sergei Krikalev became the first permanent residents of the International Space Station at the start of their four-month mission. After their Soyuz spacecraft linked up with 11 AM GMT, William Shepard, those guys again, entered the station, turned on the lights and life support systems, and proceeded to set up a live television link with the Russian mission control to confirm that the moving was going well. That's the end. That was awesome. Oh, what year is it? I'm what not, year is it? What year is it? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was so impressed and distracted <laughs> by the voice, I'm not sure I actually heard any of the actual cool facts. There's a lot of cool facts. There was a lot of cool I mean, this has been a busy week in the past. It has. And the good thing is the past is such a vast repository of things that have happened. I'm going to have to come up with an old-timer's voice. Yeah. Can I do, like, an old lady one? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Oh, right, darling. I have this old lady character I sometimes used to act out when my sister and I were travelling. Her name was Moira. Do you want to do it next week, then? Maybe. I haven't done it keep, in a while. Keep practicing. I'll need to I practice. reserve the right to veto it because I'm very proud of my it's called a transatlantic accent. Have you been practicing that at home? No, I haven't. I, I think watched. You have. No, I literally didn't because I've done it before. And then I watched. Okay, I watched some YouTube videos, <laughs> but I haven't actually done it. That was the first time in a while. It was good. Um, it was great. So yeah, imagine being the first people to enter this. International Space it's Station amazing. and then turn on the lights. Yeah. Like, how weird would that yeah. be? And this is the thing I think about modern science, too, is, like, yes, we're still doing new things, but anytime you do the science that is brand, brand new, if this makes sense, uh, it must be so amazing. Like, mm. oh, yeah, you've been to space, but so is everyone else, right, at totally. this point. But imagine being the first person. So so everyone's been to space. <laughs> but imagine being the literally, like, the first person. Like, they sent a dog up to check it would be okay, and actually the dog died up there. Yeah. Which is very sad. Well, they had no intention to actually bring it back. That's the thing. And that's extra sad. Yeah. Um, but to be the first person to go up, knowing that that was what happened to the last living organism that went up there, it's pretty mm -hmm. hectic. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yuri Gagarin. Wow. Total hero. Lots of amazing people from the past doing very awesome things and people in the future. I know. And Maybe we'll go to space one day. Maybe. Be invited by NASA. They're like, oh, Physics Twist, best podcast. We should come to space, record an episode up there. Why That'd not? be great. Would you like to know a fantastic fact of the week? Fact of the week. Fact of the week. Check out this fact of the week. I've been geeing up this fact of the week to Quill, and I think it's a really good one. It's the anticipation. Mm. Fact of the week is November 2002 was the last time that all living humans were on Earth at the same time. Because ever since then, 
the International Space Station has been occupied continuously. That's cool. Isn't that incredible? That is pretty cool. Sorry, you can't actually see me smiling. I need to actually realise that I need to make a that, more I know, it's the sound kind of, effective. It's a slow burn. That's that awesome. Fact to kind of appreciate how fantastic that is. November That's 2002 crazy. was the last time that all living humans were on Earth at the same time. So, so always for 16 someone. years, almost to the day, actually. There's always someone in space. There's always someone in space for the past 16 years. That's pretty cool. Isn't that mental? I really like that one. It's not always the same person either. It's like a no. switch, switch around. Yeah, yeah, they do a little switcheroo. That is cool. But at no point since November 2002 has someone needed to enter the International Space Station and turn the lights on again. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. There's always know, been someone up there. You might blow a light bulb. Yeah. How many astronauts does it take to change a light bulb? Depends if there's a light bulb shop nearby, yeah. which there probably is. Pop down the shops. How many watts is it? Oh, <laughs> uh, I got a screw in one and it's back oh, in the no. cap. <laughs> back in the space. This shop. isn't LED efficient. <laughs> Yuri. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that's the fact of the week. Should Excellent. we move on to um, a new segment that I like to call "Far Out with Duncan"? Far out. Far out, Mian. Pretty All right. Sure. Should we move into that one? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. And so obviously Far Out is, like we'll explain, explain I like space stories. Mm -hmm. they, they, just, they just tickle me. They make you go far out. Far out, man. Yeah. That's wild. That's crazy. That's you're crazy, crazy. man. You're, you're so crazy. Um, so anyway, Far Out with Duncan is about space stories. Um, and this one's actually related to the previous thing we just talked about, which is that China has unveiled a replica of its first permanently crewed space station. Mm. The plan is that it's effectively going to, in a way, kind of replace the International Space Station. Okay. Because that's due to be decommissioned. We've talked about this mm. before, actually, but I think it's... Two years? It's 2024. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that it's decommissioned. Um, so, yeah, they're making a new one. They've made this replica. They've unveiled it at something called Airshow China. Ooh. It's 17 metres, like the, the main part of it, the core, what they call the core module, mm. is 17 metres long, mm. which is not, as, not anywhere even close to how big the International Space Station is, yeah. actually. But so will it be an international one or just for Chinese? It will be international. Okay. It's just that China are building, building it, okay. developing yeah, it. Cool. Um, so, yeah, it's a sort of big, long, cylindrical thing, and it's called the Tiangong. Does that name ring a bell to you? No. Not so much. Should it? It should, because in previous episodes, we talked about a space station called the Tiangong-1. Oh. The Tiangong-1 was a Chinese space station that crashed back down to Earth oh. after they lost control of it. That yeah, was yeah. in about April of this year, mm. I think. Um, so it had been floating up there. They've had yeah, no control yeah. of it for like two years, and eventually That's it crashed right. back down to Earth in the spaceship graveyard. April was so long ago. I know, an eternity. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be... It's just called Tiangong, which translates to Heavenly Palace, which mm. is amazing. Is that what they call all their spacecraft? Yeah, so there's been Tiangong 1, 2, and 3, I believe. So this one's just the original. It's just called Tiangong. The original I, I Tiangong. Think. Yeah. Cool. Um, so it's going to have two other like modules attached, and it's going to have solar panels on it, because obviously you have to power up with something. Yep. Um, and there'll be three astronauts who will be permanently in there, yeah, um, which will be orbiting around space, and they'll be doing biological and microgravity research and stuff. Cool. Do they grow their own food? 
I'm sure they have. I feel yeah. like this is something they do in space, and I don't know if it's just from uh, movies and no. The Simpsons. No, I think it's more experiments about can you actually do this. Would they? Would they wouldn't be able to grow enough food to eat? They wouldn't have any. No, room. they'd have like a t they they grow a carrot and be like, wouldn't cool, they we did all it. Get scurvy. I'm sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get scurvy? When you don't have enough vitamin C. Yeah. And what are those pills that you can get? Vitamins, but surely you need <laughs> yeah. some fresh food some as well. No, it's space food. I want to oh, eat space food. Space food. Awesome. So, yeah, they're going to complete it in 2022. So, just mm. before the ISS is decommissioned. Oh, they say it's only going to last 10 years, which is weird, but, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Because probably by then we'll have something like some yeah. kind of giant floating world out there. Yeah. But it's weird because, like, they'll have the only space station, the only manned space station anyway, mm. in orbit after 2024. Um, get this, the ISS. You want to know how big it is? It's big as a soccer pitch, big as a football pitch. Just one. Yeah, just one. So one. <laughs> so one. now you know what we can start doing. What's that? Instead of comparing things to the size of a football field, we can compare it to the how size many, of the space many, station. How many space stations is that? Well, okay. that's yeah. much more relatable because oh. everyone knows the size of a space station. <laughs> I do now. The keen listeners... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that will be good because they're going to allow other countries to actually use the facilities aboard the space station. Cool. It's going to be open in that sense. So they basically said, you know, even though China and other countries sometimes they don't really get along. Yeah. You know, they've just said, nah. In space, everyone's cool. just from Earth. Absolutely. There's no countries Planet in Earth space. Planet Earth and the Fire up Earth people. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. They're all one. one That's people. awesome. Um, so we'll see how that goes because, like, given that Tiangong One didn't go so well, I hope that this does better. So I'm still yeah. a bit skeptical. Hopefully. Sorry, China, if you're listening. I'm sure we'll get along. I'm sure it'll be fantastic, but prove me wrong. I like that they're sticking with the name, even though it hasn't gone so well in the past. Because totally. often yeah. people are like, oh, that's a cursed name. We won't keep using that name. Absolutely. I like that it's more scientific. They're like, you know what? We like this, this name. This hasn't been soured yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, cool. They're really sticking to their guns. Yeah. Respect. Good on Respect, them. China. Good on you. What else for, do you have for me today, Mr. Duncan? Well, I thought to um, to round out the podcast because yep. it has been so chock full of hot content. Oh. Hot content. Oh, Smoking. My God, so many segments. Burning. So I thought we could round it off with even more content. Combusting even. Oh. What else is our hot content? Well, recently, was it you that introduced me to... Uh, the classification wrap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah tell, me, is... tell me about the classification wrap. Look, this has been around for a long time, but I recently discovered that maybe other people at physics weren't in the know about the awesomeness of the classification wrap. I was not in the know. And so I put the classification wrap on and blew some minds. So the classification so... wrap is amazing. It's basically a wrap about, wait for it. <gasps> Classification. But it's really cool and it's a really good way to remember all of the different classifications. So when you say classifications, you mean biological classifications. Exactly. So the different phylums and genus. Genus, phylum. Don't spoil it. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) I get excited. So um, before we play it, Mm -hmm. we'll just say that's a wrap on Physics Twist. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And uh, don't forget to listen to the actual physics education podcast run by the fantastic Ben Newsom. Mm-hmm. He's a lovely man. A lovely boy. And also, if you liked it, as in this podcast that you're listening to right now, Physics Twist, you can rate us on iTunes. It does really help us out. And we will hopefully be back very, very shortly. And uh, that's all. Th- I think that's all we've got. Yeah, get your classification dance on. Bye-bye. Bye.